0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pilot's Wife podcast. This is Amy McLaren and I want to share with you something today that we've discovered through learning a bit about parenting. And it's something that you see in kids and you think, ah, that's such a kid thing that they do once you learn about it, right? But I've been thinking about how we could apply this to our adult relationships. And I've, I've discovered that this is something that adults do too, but it's a little more subtle. If you've ever been wondering, am I married to the right person? Did I marry you know, Mrs. Right or Mr. Wright, or did I get, get this right? Have I made a mistake? Did I choose the wrong person? Or if you're getting married and you're wondering, I mean, I love this person, but there's something, I'm just not sure if they're Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. Have a listen to this episode. It might just be that there's one thing that if you can figure out, it won't be a problem anymore. Or if you've got a spouse that keeps doing something that annoys you, or you find yourselves constantly arguing about something and it's never getting resolved... I think this episode's going to really help you too. So here's the question. For those of us who don't have a picture-perfect relationship, who don't put our highlights real on social media and pretend it's all rosy, where can I get some down-to-earth inspiration without any religious barriers? Who can give me real-life encouragement, help me be a better spouse, and tell me how to get an even more enriching relationship without becoming a doormat? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Amy McLaren, and this is the Pilot's Wife Podcast. We often say in our marriage courses, if you're often getting upset with your partner about something, it's just an alert that there's a problem needing solving. Sometimes our partner unknowingly annoys or upsets us, and they do things that they don't realise we're, we're upset about. But sometimes they purposefully do things because they know they upset us. Not consciously, but probably subconsciously. And it's because they're upset themselves. In both cases, the problem definitely needs solving. In the first example, it might be more about trying to figure out why you get upset. And then the second example, it's trying to figure out why they're upset. We have two kids who both do things that Josh and I have labelled amongst ourselves as passive-aggressive behaviour. We've kind of we borrowed the term from some parenting information that we that we read because we were trying to work out how to deal with some some crazy stuff that they that they do, and we've, we might have given it a slightly different meaning, but I think it's pretty much there. Um, but it's describing this tendency for. Both, both girls, they pick something that they know is naughty or it's against our family rules, and they do that thing, and they do it when they're feeling anxious or angry or jealous or sad or anything like that. Any of these kinds of emotions that they don't know how to deal with or express in another way, then they start doing something they know is naughty. So for Vessi, our older one, she uses dinner time tactics, <laughs> I think it's because when growing up, we were we were sort of the first, you know, with the first child, getting used to how to deal with kids that are fussy and don't eat and sort of thing. We we might have been a little bit overbearing on you know, please, you've got to eat something, you've got to try something. Just worried about them not eating, kind of stuff. And so she's picked up on the fact that she can get us really upset by using food in that way, I guess. And so she might, if she's feeling upset about something, she'll just she'll say, "I'm not going to try that. I'm not going to eat tonight." That sort of thing. And we're getting calmer and calmer at dealing with this. But initially it was like, what? You know, why are you eating? It's such a, you know, a scary thing that they're going to decide not to eat, right? For our younger one, Leah, she found out that drawing all over herself with pen was something that got us both relatively annoyed because for one, it's probably not a good idea for her skin and maybe some of it gets under, under her skin. But also it's really, really hard to get off. So she falls back to that one and another one is throwing things all over the floor, including fouts with no lids on, that kind of thing. The, the point is though, we've noticed over time that both of them do this with a particular thing or two and it, an observer might call it playing up or they're deliberately trying to get a rise out of us or something like that, but why would they try and get a rise out of us? And that was the question we were trying to ask and so we, we tried to do some research because they know things are wrong, but they're doing them anyway. And we've told them over and over again that's wrong, but they still keep doing it, so that's not working. So we needed to figure out something else that might work. So we, we caught on to this thing called passive-aggressive behaviour. And we learn that usually, and we found pretty much always, there's some kind of difficult emotion that's going on behind the behaviour that they're struggling with, and what we need to do is ask them some questions. So we try things like, is something bothering you? And, and if that's too kind of vague and they, they don't know how to answer it because they don't know how to talk about it, this feeling or whatever we might ask them more specific questions like are you sad about blah 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 or are you worried about this happening in the future and things like that because we can kind of get cues right We there's context happening around like for example our older one's just started school and the younger one is feeling anxious that the older one's not going to be at kindy with her anymore so when she goes to kindy she's feeling by herself that kind of thing so we make guesses and so previously let's say Leah might have been throwing her crayons all over the floor, and Josh and I might have both been downstairs trying to sort out Vessie and I don't know, help her get dressed or something. We come upstairs, and all these crayons are all over the floor. Now, this is a real bugbear for Josh because he's worried about them getting on the walls, and they just don't come off, and it just—it's really hard to get crayon off. And in the past, he might have just gotten upset, like, "Don't throw crayons on the floor," you know. Then she keeps throwing crayons, and then he gets angry, right? Now this is just maybe one of Josh's triggers more than me, but I have triggers too. So when we tried asking her, is there a reason you're throwing crayons on the floor? Now she's actually starting to tell us. So the other day she said, I wanted daddy to stay upstairs with me. She felt lonely that we'd all gone downstairs and she was up here by herself. And she's only just turned three. So this is possible really early on this is amazing that she can start telling us this now and i'm so glad we've discovered this because then like she'll stop throwing the crayons from that point and even help pick them up and it's just gone the, the problem is she didn't know how to express her her feeling in any other way so she did it that way once we gave her an, an option or the ability to express it in another way then we don't have that crazy behavior so this behavior is actually a result of her being upset but she does something to upset us to deal with it. It's kind of like she's trying to draw attention to it, but she doesn't know how. And we both know it's not cool, but it's the it's the sign of the second scenario. So it's an alert. There's a problem needing to be solved. And in this particular case, it's one where she is struggling to express what's going on. So she's doing this kind of behavior to express it. And it's not working, right? But that's that's all she knows. So this parenting course that we did recently showed us this iceberg illustration they've got it from the Gottman Institute, and it shows an iceberg where the tip's above the water, and it's got an emotion there like anger. And in relationships, this might be all we see. Anger's quite a common one, but it could be aggressiveness, like, for example, throwing crayons by a three-year-old, or it could be nagging, or it could be aloofness, or it could be bickering or nastiness, you know, some more common adult ones, And, and anger's definitely a major common one. What this diagram shows is that underneath the water or underneath the surface, there's a whole myriad of possible emotions that could be behind the one that's showing on the top. And these are ones that are usually quite more vulnerable. Emotions like fear, shame, jealousy, loneliness, overwhelm, worry, guilt, those kinds of things. So these are ones that people either don't know how or don't want to show above the surface. And it's definitely not just kids who struggle To express these emotions or work through them. Isn't this so true, so profound? When I saw that diagram, I thought, yes, it is definitely what's going on a lot of the time. When somebody's hurting us, it's because they're hurting, but they don't know how to explain it. And so they definitely can't resolve it. And it displays by some kind of behavior that hurts the other person because they see the other person causing the hurt. So they're they're trying to hurt them back by doing this thing they know is not okay. I'm sure we can all identify with this and can think of examples in our own relationships of this stuff happening. And it's so obvious when you see a diagram of it, but our temptation in our relationships is to respond directly to that negative emotional behaviour that sits at the top, that one that we see, because it offends us, right? So... They get a rise out of us or they trigger something in us and we can't help but show some kind of negative emotion in return. And it's this cycle that never gets resolved. And so the crowns will keep getting thrown. So thinking again about, you know, when we get upset, it's an alert, there's a problem needing solving. Let's try and think about when we are getting upset, just two things, is it one or the other, are we getting upset because of something they're doing without even knowing they're doing it, or even knowing that it bugs us, or because of something they happen to be doing kind of subconsciously on purpose as some kind of passive aggressive outlet for some kind of hidden emotion. So this is the first step, right, figure out which one it is, and the same applies as if we were asking our three-year-old actually, we can ask similar questions, are you upset about something, or if that's not working and it's not, they're still not able to kind of articulate what it is. You can try and guess specifics like, are you sad because of blah? Are you worried about such and such? And they'll say no if you're way off, but if you're getting close to the problem, it's gonna be a conversation starter. And depending on how scared they are of the emotion showing, it may take a long time or a little while or a problem-solving session to work it out. One couple we did pre-marriage with, we spent so long on the problem-solving module, we ran out of time for the final module, so after that we started doing problem solving at the end, but it seemed like a really simple problem at first that they were having. This was a problem for them to try and decide when to start trying for another baby. They they already had one, and when when they got married, they had both talked about that they wanted another child. A, a long time into, I guess, the problem solving session, we figured out that he was dealing with some kind of emotion to do with feeling locked in or in some kind of prison by having a newborn which was what was showing above the surface in kind of anti-family behaviour. So he would go out with his mates late into the night and then kind of write the rest of the weekend off and just basically not spend time with them because he had spent so much time out kind of partying that he was just tired and needed to sleep. And I'm sure he probably felt really, really stink about it and definitely knew that it upset his fiancée. And it's kind of like he was doing this behaviour to... Express or as he tried to resolve this feeling of being in prison, but it was actually a display. His going out was just this display of something far deeper to do with some kind of emotion behind feeling stuck and like maybe that it was never going to change, some kind of fear that he would never be able to party again, something like that. So for you, for those of you identifying with feeling locked in by having babies, I just want to encourage you in here. I'm just going to insert in here that this is why problem solving is so cool. Because the point is that, not that, because those kinds of problems you think, oh gosh, that's so hard, that's irresolvable. You stop there and you think, oh, okay, well, they feel locked in about having babies. Well, then maybe that's just it. You know, (laughs) we can't solve that. And I just want to encourage you that there is always a resolution because it's not as simple as that. There's something behind the reason why he feels locked in. There's something below that surface that if you can... Point at it, and you can figure it out. You can come up with solutions that'll help them not feel locked in and not feel in prison, right? So, just an example that's kind of similar. Josh once felt locked in by our really, really low budget. Like, as in, he had no money, and he felt like he couldn't go to the driving range and do exercise. He was, he loved doing kind of driving range, going to the driving range and practicing golf, but he felt like he couldn't do. He felt locked in, and as a result of that. He was sometimes a bit grumpy and so we did some problem solving. After we worked out that one of his top values was exercise and he wasn't getting the chance to do it and he felt like he couldn't, he felt like he had no choice, he actually had another look at the budget. He changed the mortgage to another bank. We got whatever it was, ten or twenty dollars a week extra out of our budget. And he was able to have ten dollars a week to spend on the driving range. I mean, it was ten dollars a week that I previously didn't have anyway. And he did the work to get the ten dollars more into our budget. I mean it's no difference to me, but made a huge difference to him and his feeling of not feeling stuck, you know. So it was totally worth it. And that kind of problem on a surface level, you think, okay, no budget is no budget. End of story, not enough income, you can't exercise, right? And it's never as simple as that. There's always a solution. And I just want to encourage you that keep trying to figure out the solution. There's always a solution. And often it's a simple answer. The simple answer is the best answer. Josh has a friend from flying school, like way back, who taught him to fly, actually. Both this guy and his ex-wife taught Josh flying. And Josh remembers, even way back then, there was... He said, oh, you know, they kind of had something odd about their relationship that didn't really work. And so, but anyway, they went on to get married and had kids together. And so obviously they they loved each other and they got married. But now they're divorced and they do not get along and it's really hard for them to co-parent. So his friend says that about his ex-wife, he says, anything that he wants, she will do the opposite. Kind of like this, this behavior, this passive aggressive behavior in a way. She's doing stuff that she knows annoys him. Because, probably, of something under the surface, he thought that they'd agreed that their kids weren't going to have sleepovers at other people's houses until they were a certain age, but they're not at that age yet. And he tried to arrange something for a weekend and he said, oh, they're sleeping at their friend's house. Now, I actually have no idea of their issues, but it does seem to me that one or both of them had a certain emotion that showed above the surface probably during their marriage, which actually represented another motion down underneath. They probably formed a pattern of responding directly to that that motion that's above the surface or to that behavior, and never really got underneath the surface to figure out the real problem they had in their dynamic. But they loved each other, so they, they got married and they had children. And maybe, just maybe, there was just one thing, maybe there's one thing that he always made her feel, and then over time, over time she just became more and more, I guess, passive-aggressive about using this rebellious behavior. I don't know. But it could just be one thing. And my gosh, what if it is, and you can figure out what it is by going underneath the surface, resolve it, and it's no longer a problem. So many divorcees say afterwards, oh, we never really were right for each other. And I kind of think, really? I wonder if they just had one problem in their dynamic that just kept on causing them to butt heads. Maybe if they'd done a course with us, they might have nailed it. I'm just saying. But it's never too late to sort this out. If you think this is you, if you think there's something that's consistently causing tension between us and it keeps happening. And although you keep talking about it, you try and discuss it, you argue about it, you make each other pay for it in whatever ways you subconsciously decide, maybe you they give you silent treatment, maybe you stop texting them your usual kind of love texts for a few days, maybe they stop putting away your washing for you, maybe you start nagging more. This this can probably this this can probably help you. So the first thing to recognise is that there is an iceberg going on. There is a real reason for what's going on above the surface that's below the surface. The surface representation of that reason, it's not necessarily telling the whole story and you're not getting the full picture. And when you can get the full picture, then you can figure out how to resolve it. Okay? So getting the whole story isn't going to happen just by talking about what's showing above the water. It takes a bit of digging or swimming around underneath the water. <laughs> but before you sigh and think, ah, this is too hard, have to think about how hard it is to fight argue be passive aggressive about this all the time like days weeks years this can go on if it's not figured out I mean it just sounds exhausting but sometimes working out the problem like that's underneath the surface might only take an hour tops Josh and I once had an example that we worked on over three days but that was really more about we had to make decisions about where we wanted to live what we wanted in life and our future and that kind of thing finding out what's under the surface of our iceberg or our spouse's iceberg when we ask the right questions it might just take an hour or two and as you take on this detective role you're like you're trying to figure out let's try and figure out something here it can actually be quite exciting because you can discover things about your partner you never knew before they have thoughts you didn't know they thought hopes dreams fears that you never knew about before and when you find these things out it's like ah, I never knew that and it's quite it's quite cool and then you can find the specifics behind the surface thing that's showing that then allow you to nail them. You can you can solve them when you have the specifics. Instead of going, what the heck is going on? Like kind of feeling like I have no idea what to do here. So what you can do is start with the problem solving. On our on our website we have a free resources page and it's in there and it's so our website's No myth marriages. That's myths as in myths and legends. So in Y T H S marriages com and go to the resources page. We also have a set of questions to use that you can you can use to achieve each stage of this problem-solving diagram. And if you'd like me to send those to you, just send me an email, just at amy at I just want to say one last thing about emotions. There's this quote from C.S. Lewis, which describes this pretty well. They had a feeling, or a feeling had them, till another feeling came and took its place. When a feeling was there, they felt as if it would never go. When it was gone, they felt as if it had never been. When it returned, they felt as if it had never gone. So that's by C.S. Lewis these feelings that are displaying as a result of you know, the, the underlying fear or worry or shame or guilt under the surface they can feel so strong when we feel them but when they are gone like for example maybe we do some problem solving or they resolve themselves sometimes that happens to they can feel as if they were never there but what is lasting is, is commitment you know like making commitment for better or for worse for richer for poorer and and truth like what is it? I'm what is the truth? I'm in love with you. I love you, I've decided to love you for the rest of my life. and the our vision for our marriage, for our plans and our goals and the things we're working towards, those things are lasting. and those are what we need to base our decisions on, not on how we're feeling about something that we don't even know what it is that's going on. Like we can't base our decisions on that. We have to try and figure out what's going on, okay? Often when we're tempted to let our, our emotions and our feelings guide our decision making, then our tendency is to go towards avoiding feeling that thing. And it's not necessarily always the the best decision. We've got to not avoid it, but resolve it. So if you think you have some kind of iceberg scenario going on, if you feel like your spouse keeps hurting your feelings or the same things keep happening that make you upset, it's probably an iceberg. I'd say probably every time, but you know, I don't know if I can say that, but it's Probably an iceberg a lot of the time. It's an alert about a problem needing solving. There's an iceberg under the surface. So do please check out that problem solving diagram at www.nomithmarriages.com and email me at amynomithmarriages.com at if you'd like the follow up questions to that to help you through that diagram. So if there's been something that's been upsetting you ongoing, if you've been wondering, are they right for me? Did I choose the right person? Or if you're still considering getting married and you're still like, have I got the Mr. Right or the Mrs. Right? Maybe there's just one thing. Maybe there's one thing under the surface that if you can figure out, it won't be a problem anymore. And hey, don't think about, oh, this sounds a little bit hard. I don't know if we can do this. Have a go because it's worth it. If you can get past whatever is causing issues or causing arguments and move out the other side. It's worth it. It's so much more pleasant not having some kind of a negative thing going on. I really hope that helps. I hope you do go ahead, try out that problem solving. Let me know how it goes. And thanks so much for listening. Have an awesome week. I'll catch you next week.